Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie. And on today's podcast, we are talking about Black Magic 2. That's right. Black Magic 2 tells the story of two couples who are friends and who are also doctors who are trying to solve the mystery of some illnesses that are arising in this tropical city. The main doctor, his theory is that this is black magic. And it's he unexplainable yeah, by science. He invites his friends to kind of Well, I actually am not sure. Are the friends there on vacation and this is just the first thing he brings up? Or did he fly them in for the purpose of helping him with No, this? he invited his friends and he said, I brought you here because there's many cases that can't be explained. The only explanation is black magic. I want you to see for yourself. Okay, okay. And they're real skeptical. They're about it. real skeptical, which I love. I love that this movie starts with playing magic versus science. It's amazing. Well, that's not how the movie starts. Okay, yes, We gotta talk about the opening scene. Let's, before we even get to the opening scene, as we mentioned last week, this movie chose us. (laughs) Really. (laughs) It really did. We picked up this movie out of a box of DVDs. Well, see, it was a box of blank CDs, so I thought it was a band's demo. I thought it was music, and it wasn't until we got home that we saw it was a DVD. And not only that... It was a sequel. Amazing. So, we put the movie in, we find out there's an original, we start the DVD. And if you guys remember DVDs, there's a title screen, and it plays a theme. The theme to this movie is amazing. Oh yeah, the theme is awesome. The theme already catches you. Then we get another, like, template that says, this movie has been dubbed in English from the original. So this is a 1970s era. I'm not sure exactly what year, but definitely in the 70s, Shaw Brothers movie. So the Shaw Brothers, if you don't know, is the biggest uh, movie production studio in Hong Kong. It's like the Hong Kong version of Warner Brothers. But they're most famous for popularizing kung fu movies. So they did movies like the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, like huge 70s kung fu movies. So I thought that this was a kung fu movie. It does say on the title screen, Kung Fu Collection. Yeah, because I think that's what they're famous for. So when they were porting all their movies to DVD, that's what they called the collection. But this is not a kung fu movie. Not at all. I don't know what you would call this movie. A horror porno? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think this is a classic B movie, and I couldn't be happier. Oh my god, I couldn't be happier. So we tell them the opening. We get the music. We get the dubbing. We have the Shaw Brothers. First second of the movie: five women are bathing, and they take their titties out. (laughs) Well, to be fair, it was a hot day. They showed a picture of the sun. And then they go, let's swim, and they just get naked and jump into the water. And they start splashing around, and then a crocodile comes <laughs> with these illuminated green eyes and attacks these bare-titted women, 
and eats one. <laughs> the budget of this movie was not spent on the crocodile. Like, this is the fakest looking rubber crocodile I've ever seen. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was a terrifying scene. It reminded me of Jaws. I think Jaws was the clear inspiration. <laughs> yeah, so the crocodile eats one of the women, and then there it's like this little tiny fishing village, and there's a shaman of some kind. He looks like Albert Einstein. <laughs> He's got white hair, white mustache, a cool walking stick, and he is like, I guess, the village holy man or something. And so he for I don't know what reason decides he's going to catch the crocodile to retrieve this bracelet from the dead girl. Well, I don't I, know if that was his purpose I don't or if that's think what, that just was what his happened. Purpose. I think they wanted to find out which crocodile did it. All right, so he catches the crocodile by hanging a live chicken from a fishing, fishing hook. Makes sense. What? That's how you fish for crocodiles? Uh, that's what I would do. I think that makes total sense. All right, well, it totally works. He catches the crocodile. He pulls it out of the water, flips it over, slices it open. Hang on. Oh. Before he flips it over, he stabs it to death in the head for about five minutes. It's really brutal. It's a brutal <laughs> crocodile death. Flips it over, cuts its belly open, pulls out like a can, an old sandal, all this stuff. Then pulls out the bracelet that's like this dead girl's bracelet. Hands it to her friends. Walks off. And then it's never seen again for like another hour well, of the movie. Then we get a nice title card that says, A Tropical City. Yeah, it's Black Magic 2, and then cuts. We see an airplane, and then it says, A Tropical City, and we never see that old man again. I didn't think he was ever coming back. Oh, I had a suspicion he was. But before we get into the tropical city, because this is the first scene we see, we see that there's something spiritual or magical about him. I also was reminded of the last movie where we saw bare breasts in the first second. What movie was that? VHS. Oh, okay. This movie reminded me so much of VHS. I want. <laughs> it did. I, I, it did. I want to go on a couple tangents throughout this pod. I absolutely loved it. But you know, or now I know, that the marker for an excellent film is frontal nudity in the first two seconds. I guess so. I mean... Uh, we're two for two. This movie had a lot of nudity. A lot. A lot of breasts, a lot of butts. So let's get into the tropical city. Like you said, an airplane lands, these four friends meet up. Here's the deal. They're all doctors, right? The two men, the two women. There's Or scientists of some kind. Well, I should sure actually exactly. say, I think three of them are doctors. So let's go through these two couples. Yes, these are our main characters, basically. So there's Jun Singh. He's the guy who believes strongly that black magic is taking place. Right. He's the one who invited his friends to come. Right, he's the doctor of the city, and he's seeing all these patients come in with these weird ailments that are not treatable. That the Or only explainable. Answer, yeah, so the only answer is black magic. Also... He's married to Margaret, who I think is maybe just a housewife and not one of the doctors. I think that's right. And then there's Jing Young. This is the friend that comes into the city, and he, I would say, kind of ends up being the star of the movie. True. He's the hero. And he comes in with his wife, who's Su Ling. And I think she's also a doctor. Yes. they ask her a lot, and she helps out with some experiments. Well, the first thing they do, he's like, welcome to the city. They go to a nightclub. 
Well, yeah, it's weird. He's like, I'm going to take you to the palace. They have good food. And then it cuts to like a woman Go -go naked dancing. dancing. I was yeah. like, what kind of restaurant is this? And we are introduced at the restaurant slash nightclub to the villain, Mr. Kang. Mr. King is amazing. He's wearing this giant blue ring that's also encrusted with, like, rubies. You know he's got to be evil if he has rubies. Oh, yeah. And in his first scene, after this nightclub dance, he goes home and picks up a Siamese cat. So what better way to classify someone as a villain? Yeah. Oh, he's, like, stroking this cat the whole time. Yes. A lot happens with that cat. Yeah. Then at the nightclub, we see this woman. She's kind of, like, lusty looking. There's a guy who comes up to her to talk to her. And she shoots eyes at Mr. Kang and says, I can't talk now. Mm -hmm. Goes home with Mr. Kang. He immediately takes her shirt off and reveals her breasts. And then pulls a nail out of her head. Yes. Like an eight-inch spike yeah, nail. Yeah, a huge, like a railroad spike that was in her head. And as soon as he pulls it out, she turns into a super old woman and then dies. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I loved this nail phenomenon because a lot of these tropes are things that we don't get in a lot of American horror movies. And there's something about... The horror genre in Asia that is so good, so well done. And I think this movie plays on a lot of Asian themes of Eastern and Western medicine, mm. of the old beliefs versus the new beliefs. I think this is so well done. Well, after this movie, I'm definitely on the side of the old beliefs. You, I think they're totally right. Oh, you believe in black magic? So, yeah. So, Mr. Kang, so when he's at the nightclub, he meets Margaret. She, like, drops a mirror. He picks it up for her and basically sees her and kind of has an eye out for her. Yes. So, in order to do all his spells, he needs, basically, he needs DNA from the people he wants to put a spell on. And he has all these great ingenious ways to, like, collect people's blood and saliva and sweat. So he shows up at Margaret's house as a flower delivery man with like a bunch of roses, says they're from her husband, then makes sure that she pricks her finger on the thorn of the rose. He cleans it up and gets her blood and is now able to put a spell on her. He also has a bag with a dead cat in it. That he hangs in front of the house. Now here's the thing. Like that, a mutilated dead. How yeah. did he kill that cat? It looks horrifying. I don't know. I don't know. A lot the of cat, dead animals in this movie. Lots of dead animals. Then we go with King back to his house, which is like a mansion. He has all these jade statues. He selects his jade statues. Or are they wax? They look like a combination because sometimes they melt. Mm. So he has all these statues that he takes out. Each he, one's in a little coffin. Right. Yeah. He, and so for a different purpose, he mixes the blood of this napkin. He makes blood water. He puts it near a fire under this giant demonic statue. And then we see that Margaret starts not feeling well. Flashback to the house of the doctor. Yeah. So each of these statues basically are voodoo dolls. Yes. And they play prominently in the movie. This is how he controls his victims is with these little voodoo dolls. But you actually were like real astute and you were like the doll that he got out for Margaret was pregnant. And I'm like, he's putting a demon baby in her. Flashback to VHS. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember one of my favorite short videos from VHS about the Malaysian evil cult? cult. Yeah, of course. Where a horned demon came out fully grown of a pregnant woman. Yes, but there's something that you mentioned in that podcast. 
where you said, I never trust a grown man who's drinking a full glass of milk. <laughs> That's true. Because the creepy. evil cult leader is just calmly drinking this giant glass of milk in Malaysia. So the doctors, one doctor, Jun Singh, is like, read this book. It's written by an American doctor who lived in Malaysia for a while. Read this book. In the book is a story of how there's a man. He's 80 years old. But he's really, he looks like he's 30 because he drinks human milk. Yeah, he drinks human milk every day. There's pictures in the book also, and all the pictures are of Mr. Kang. Yes, but they don't know him yet. Right. But need I say more? I believe... There's a connection between drinking human milk and... I believe that the cult leader in Borneo is Mr. Kang. <laughs> oh, these are connected. They're so connected. <laughs> but so anyway... They're all, like, reading about it, laughing about it. Here's something I think is interesting. Margaret says, I'm going to go to bed. I don't feel well. That's fine, because now she's under a spell. Mm -hmm. They're at, like, a dinner party. All these doctors then put lab coats on and start (laughs) doing experiments. I was like, what kind of dinner party is this? They're doing experiments all night? But also... These are the most dedicated doctors <laughs> I've ever seen. I really, this is a testament to their craft, to their belief in science. So Margaret gets up, leaves the house, goes to Mr. Kang's house. She's like clearly under this spell. And he was like, I got to make a potion. And once I make this potion, you will be full of milk. And then basically Mr. King lays everything out which I love I he always love. explains everything as soon as he she gets there he's like I'm really well over 80 years old but I look 30 because I drink human milk every day and we were like oh just like they said in the book and then he's like confirming so, everything yeah so I'm gonna make this potion from your hair you're gonna drink it then I'm gonna drink your milk every day yeah so my favorite part of this is he says I want to make a potion from your hair I assumed he would pluck a strand out of her head Instead, he lays her down on a concrete slab in this... Oh, we should mention he has a morgue in his basement. (laughs) He lays her down on the slab, takes off her underwear, and gets out like a straight razor, and shaves off her pubes! Yes. And he takes a I did not see that coming. A lot of this movie I could not have seen coming. All right, but that especially. There's one scene for me that's even more than that. (laughs) Well, what I... Okay. He cuts off her pubic hair with the straight razor. Here's my question, though, and I have to ask. Yeah. How much pubic hair did he cut off? Because he does, like, two or three swipes, but he just brings up a tuft. Did he just cut off the top? Did he shave, like, a line down? Did he shave the whole thing? How is it going (laughs) to not be noticeable? Well, we'll explain that. But, no, my vision of it is he just took a little bit off and she's basically like Steve Carell and 40 year old virgin like just There's one just hairless patch on her um. mound <laughs> but the worst part is he cuts it off then he sets it on fire yeah which like hair on fire is already bad pubes on fire what kind of potion Wait, is this that sounds like a great album <laughs> pubes on fire <laughs> then alright this for me is even crazier Shaves the pubes, lights the pubes on fire, gets the glass. Then I think he's going to put, like, the ashes of the pubes in the glass. But he just kind of wafts the flames. So he just gets essence of burned pubes into the glass. And I was like, this is, like, modern, like, mixology. Like, if you go to, like, a fancy cocktail bar and they're like, this is scotch with essence of cigar. Yeah. Like, that's what this guy was doing. These are just essence of burned pubes from a zombie woman. So he gets all that, 
puts some other stuff in it. He forces her to drink her own essence of her own pubes. And then instantly, Titty's squirting milk like a faucet. (laughs) (laughs) Couple of things. I missed the essence of pubes That was my favorite part. I have written in my notes, essence of flaming pubes. I thought that he scooped the pubes into the drink. No, he just wafted the essence. She straight up drank her own burned pubic hair. It was, no, it was only the scent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you would call it. Pube essence, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Then immediately, her breasts swell up. They must be full of milk. So we see them kind of like low lit, you know, they're just light across the titties. Then he grabs one, and we all know he's going to drink her milk. Wait. Before he does it, he squirts milk out of her nipple. I can't believe it. He does a test squirt. (laughs) Then he just goes full on suckle. Then she's into it. Oh, she loves it. She's into it. And then she's like, how about forget this? Let's have sex. Then they have the weirdest kiss I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Where he just protrudes his closed two lips and she licks the tops of them. Flicker licks lips. Flicker licks them. Wait, is that a phrase? Flicker licks? <laughs> no. But that's what, how would you describe it? Like I don't a, know. It was a weird kiss. Like a snake. Yeah, like he puckers his lips and she licks all around. Then they have sex on the bed. And I'm like... I thought he just wanted to drink her milk. I mean, she seduced him, so he's like, all right, I'll go for it. (laughs) Then her friends and husband notice she's missing. They go outside looking for her. I actually got scared. She, like, popped out of nowhere. Yeah, there was a big jump scare there. They bring her back in the house. She said, oh, I I was feeling hot. But she's like, I was hot. I went for a walk. Yeah. And they're just like, okay. She's totally, like, zombified under a spell. The next morning, my favorite. The husband looks over, pulls the blanket down. She's nine months pregnant. (laughs) Yes! She's instantly pregnant. But so this is why the the shave job of her pubes is not going to matter because like that's going to be the least of his concerns. Hey, did you shave your pubes last night? Uh, I'm nine months pregnant. I got bigger problems here. So here's the other thing I thought was amazing. Instantly, there's nothing is explained to the audience here, but I do love this scene. Wakes up, she's nine months pregnant. The next scene is her in the hospital getting a C-section. Yeah, they got to cut that baby out right two, away. It's a two-second scene. They cut her belly open. They lift out the baby. They go, it's a monster. <laughs> and then they cut away. Yeah. And we don't find out what happens to Margaret for a long oh, time. Oh, I thought for sure she was dead. Also, I, the monster is just kind of a form encased in goo. I kind of wish they'd show more like what was that monster oh, baby. it looked like, because it was pulsing, like it had a yeah, breath. Yeah, it was kind of weird and, and deformed. it looked like it had a human head. Again, like VHS. Well, what did they do with it? Did they raise it? Did they kill it? Did is it, it not survive? Somewhere? Yeah, I want to know more about that monster baby. But yeah, then we don't see Margaret for a really long time. It's never mentioned. And I was like, oh, she's got to be dead for but sure. But also, wouldn't this be the point where his two friends are like, yeah, I believe in black magic. Oh, yeah, I love it. They're still skeptical. She wasn't <laughs> pregnant two days ago. She just they took a monster out of her stomach. Oh, it's a monster. They're, yeah, they're still like, mm, I don't know. I need more evidence. Then after that. We go back to Mr. Kang, and we kind of, I love this, we kind of see, like, what does Mr. Kang do day to day? Like, what's, you know, (laughs) what's he all about? And he's 
I wrote this down, basically running a zombie escort service. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. So this guy shows up and he's like, I know that you're a magician. My friend recommended me. I'm in love with this girl. I need you to help, you know. Make her her, fall in love with me. Make her fall in love with me. A love potion. And he's like, all right, no problem. It's $5,000. Then this is my favorite. He's like, listen. The guy's like, $5,000. He's like, look, because Mr. Kang loves to explain everything. Yeah. He goes, I need to cast a spell. In order to do that, I need to borrow a spirit from hell. In order to borrow a spirit from hell, I need to sacrifice five years of my life. So don't you think $5,000 is not a lot considering it's five years of my life? Which also, without mentioning it, explains why he's 80 years old and drinking all this milk to stay young because he keeps sacrificing all these years of his life for his... Zombie escort service. Yeah. I mean, yeah, every every spell is five years off his life. But my question is, if he stays young, is he just young looking? Or is, like, literally he's 30 years old, so he still gets... Like, is it balancing out? Oh. I gave up five years, but I sucked a milky titty. Now I'm the same. I'm... Yeah. I, I want to know exactly how it works. I think he's breaking even. You want to do the math on his age? <laughs> yeah, We'd have to sure. know when he started this. I think he's in his 80s. He's been around the block. Well, here's a question. I'm going to put it in right now before we get to it. How did he learn this magic? Because this isn't like a magic trick that you can practice again and again. This is like summoning the demons of hell. There's a scene later on where he puts a needle through his own face. Like, you can have no doubt in doing that. Yeah, you got to be sure. I mean, well, even in this one, the way he, like, wakes up this woman is he slices his own wrist and, like, drips his own blood all over her. Later, he cuts his own tongue to spit blood on people. Like, he's constantly using his own blood. And he, there's never, like, a hesitation. But who taught him that? Or did he just read it in a book? And he's like, all right, well, I guess I better put these spikes through my face and hands. Well, one, I'm hoping this is all explained in Black Magic 1. Ooh. Two, no, I think if you're into Black Magic, you probably, like, I think he moved to this big tropical city. I think he's probably from a small village, and there was a black magician ahead of him, and when he was, like, a kid, he was like, I want to apprentice with you. I want to learn. Ooh. I also wrote down during this scene, I don't know why this struck me, that the 70s are the best. Well, because everybody's in the best clothes. They've got bell bottoms. They've got huge collars, wide ties. They look amazing. I love it. This is the most 70s movie you've ever seen. Even like the houses, like the interior decoration looks like the Brady Bunch. It's incredible. Let's get back to this man and his love spell. So luckily, he shows him a picture of the woman that he's in love with. And it's the woman from the beginning who had the nail in her head, who yeah. turned into an old woman and died. And the guy's like, oh, perfect. I already got her in my morgue. Yeah. She's already in my basement morgue. He's like, no problem. Five grand. So he goes down, he oh. puts the nail back in her head, cuts his wrist to drip blood all over her, and, and she pops back up. Awakens her. I was going to say, I love how... The guy cuts him a check for $5,000. <laughs> yeah. And then Mr. King says, you'll have what you want in three days. Is it three days for the spell to take effect or for the check to clear? That's a great question. Because he goes, like you said, right downstairs and awakens her. Done. I mean, Mr. King is a businessman. Well, he lives in a great mansion. Although, as you pointed out, he does sleep in a twin bed. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> small bed. Like... If you're living in this great demonic mansion, get a better bed. Well, he spent all the money on the secret 
like ceremony chambers and morgue. Then we see the man who's asking for the love spell on the street trying to holler at another girl. He's like with another girl. Yeah, I think that's his girlfriend. Real weird. Um, so a spell is cast on her or him to see her as ugly. Mm-hmm. He flees from her, and then out of a bush pops up this dead lady that's been resurrected. The one that he's in love with. So and he's um, happy. she's like, hi, nice to see you. And she's like, where do you want to go? Immediately, he takes her to a hotel. I mean, yeah, you don't pay five grand to beat around the bush. Like, <laughs> you go straight to the love hotel. They check in. There's two pervert bellboys. I love it. The one bellboy is like, I'm going to go get a free show. Yeah. He starts watching them through, like, a giant window. I thought it'd be, like, a classic people. No. No. He goes into, like, the next hotel room and looks through the window. So he's just basically across the way in an open window staring in. And then he sees what happens. They start making all the love on the bed. But our guy, our love guy... He has this amulet around his neck. Yeah, he's got a necklace that's apparently something to, like, ward away evil spirits or something. And this lady isn't having it. She starts turning back into her old dead self while they're making love. He doesn't open his eyes at all. But cue the best reaction (laughs) shots I've ever seen in a movie, ever. Poor bellboy thought he was going to get a free show, and then he sees... The woman turned into a corpse while getting banged. Yes, and then he faints, which I thought was great, because wouldn't you? You usually see people, like, run away. I love that he's straight up fainted. He's straight up fainting. He couldn't take he's it. Like, also, yeah, not only is she turning into a corpse, but the amulet is, like, burning her. So with the guy is, like, on top of her thrusting away, and his necklace is bouncing, and every time it hits her, it, like, it burns, burns her body. <laughs> then he finally opens his eyes. He's like, ah, I'm oh, having okay. sex with a corpse. Oh, and, God. Yeah, then he runs out of there. Then, then my favorite part happens. These are all your favorite parts. He goes back to Mr. King and <laughs> asks for a refund. <laughs> He's like, He's like hey, hey man. she turned into a dead old lady while we were banging. <laughs> and uh, Mr. King says, uh, no refunds. Yeah, what? You're playing with demons from hell. How are you going to ask for a refund? <laughs> so he wants a refund. Mr. King's like, no. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I got your handkerchief when you were here before, so now I can put a spell on you anytime I want. We should also mention, so Mr. Kang's ring, every time he points it at somebody and does magic, it makes this, like, amazing sound. Wait, I don't know if he's... It, I think he's making the sound. So he points his ring and goes like... <laughs> like, is he saying words or is he just no. making noise? What no. What is he doing? It sounds like he's really just going, <laughs> making weird, like, fake demonic summoning noises. Oh, God. So that's how he got the handkerchief, is he pointed his ring and went, And then the handkerchief flew across the room and he caught it. But I love that he asked for a refund. But here's the thing. Kang says to Chang, I can control you whenever I want. And then, so Chang storms out and then dies on the street. Mr. Kang didn't even give him a chance. I think he was like, after he left, he was like, no, you know what? I better just kill this guy. No loose ends. He dies in the middle of the street with his fingernails fall off. His hair falls out. He melts. Then, all right, this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> we get to see Chang's obituary in the newspaper. <laughs> the doctors are reading it the next day and says, Zhang died. It says, it is believed to be by a spell. 
He died horribly. <laughs> what an obituary. No matter how I die, put in my obituary, he died horribly. And uh, put that it might have been by a spell. Um, I like that too. And then we go back to these couples. Now that we've seen a little bit about Kang's lifestyle, we get the couples. Margaret's still missing. So <laughs> no mention of Margaret. We have the one skeptical couple and their friend. And they're like, look, this newspaper article says he died from a spell. I thought this was really telling. Then... Chuli says, we should do a post-mortem. Yeah. Then Jung Sing says, no, their family is too conservative. <laughs> so again, we're getting the old ways and the new ways. Yeah. So she goes, why don't we just dig him up? And everyone agrees. I mean, these friends are having the best dinner parties. And they're Weekends. Just, yeah, best weekend. Like, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go dig up a grave and experiment on the body. So they go to the graveyard. That's the next scene. They're digging up the body. When they find the body, it's already, like, super decomposed. It's full of maggots and worms. And then I love how skeptical they are because Jun Singh is like, look, it's only been three days. A body can't decay like this. And then Su Ling is like, I don't know. I read about some soil that can like rapidly decay bodies. I like, know. What? I love this. Are you I, me? I absolutely love this movie. I want to know more about these doctors. Then they hatch a plan. They're like, this, you know, grave robbing proved nothing yeah. in the middle of the night. They decide the only way we can truly prove that black magic is real is if we experience it for ourselves. So Su Ling is like, I got to have a spell put on me, then I'll believe it. And be careful what you wish for. Right. that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So then we get... Jung Sing goes to Kang and says, Listen, I'm in love with a girl. It's my best friend's wife. And Kang's like, Oh, we're birds of a feather, you and I. Yeah, that's pretty both, evil. Yeah. Then he charges him 10000 US. How did the other guy get the same deal for 5000 Is it because it's more sinister? I think so. It's more evil. Also, I don't think he trusts... This guy. I think right from the jump, he doesn't trust him. Right. So he charges him more. Then he gives him a drink and is like, let's have a toast. Then he looks in the mirror and sees that Jung Sing doesn't drink it. He dumps it out in the flower pot. Which was a clever use of the bad guy using a mirror to see what's behind him. And Mm -hmm. I think most movies would just let that take place. No, it's like... You got to jump on me, but I got to jump on you. The one-upmanship is great. So then, this is another one of my favorite parts. So he walks up to him, and like he knows that he didn't drink, but he needs his DNA, because he likes to have DNA from his clients, so he has some leverage. And he can control them with like a corpse army. Right. So he's holding his cat, stroking his cat, and then you said, I feel like he's going to throw that cat. <laughs> And he straight up throws his cat. He throws his cat right on Jung Sing. <laughs> and the cat scratches him. And then he gets the DNA from under the cat's fingernails. It's insane. Right. And Jung Sing runs out of there. Then, guess what? The love spell works. Before we get to it, because now he has the DNA from Jung Sing, but he still needs the DNA from Tu Lee. So the evil guy is tailing her. She's going to the grocery store. So we see King tailing her. They go to the grocery store, but the two doctors are tailing Kang. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool scene. They're all following each other. Dr. Kang bumps into her in an aisle. She knocks over this glass jar of coffee. 
and reaches to pick it up and cuts her finger on it. I mean, that's what I said earlier. He's got all these ingenious ways to like get DNA that he needs. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And he pulls out his napkin to dab her bloody finger. And then he says, you'll need a bandage, but at least I cleaned it up. I'm so sorry again. And at the moment where he's cleaning the finger, Jung Sing tries to intervene and his friend holds him back because he's skeptical yeah. and he wants to see what happened. He doesn't believe it. The next scene. Serves him right. Jung Sing and Tuli are kissing. So the love spell totally works. She sees her husband as Ugo. She gets real into Jung Sing. She winks at him and there's an amazing wink sound effect. Oh yeah, but it's like, it's like boing. It's not. It's not subtle at all. Like she winks and it's like boing. Mm-hmm. And then he winks back later and does an even bigger noise. That's Crazy. what, no, your impression was perfect. But you know what it reminds me of? An I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, When yeah. she would like pop in and pop out. That kind of boing, boing, boing Definitely. sound. All right, so they're like already in love. She's like, meet me at the park. They go to these botanical gardens. They lay down, they're kissing. Then they're in the park for like five seconds and go straight to a love hotel. This whole time, Jing Young is following them. He's getting mad. Then he confronts them when they're in the hotel room. She's already fully naked. With some stunt titties, I think. Oh, you always think everybody's stunt butts and stunt titties. <laughs> no, I really do. They never showed her face and her chest at the same time. The actress had a smaller bust than the titties <laughs> shown on screen were large. I'm telling you those are stunt titties. All right, so maybe some stunt titties. He confronts them. And basically, he kind of like, he hits his friend, he shakes her a little bit, and that kind of doesn't break the spell, but like, lets them get a little clarity. So then Jung Sing has enough to immediately run to his office and injects himself with the antidote? What the fuck is he inject himself with? That's a great question. Did he have spell cure this whole time? Why no. isn't he using it? Medicine can't cure magic, but I don't so know what, what he's trying he to So what does he shoot himself up with? Who knows? And then he goes to one of the nurses and said, hey, how's my wife? Yeah, we were what? like, what? She's been alive this whole time? Margaret's alive? We thought for sure Margaret was dead. She's just been resting at the hospital. Then he goes into Margaret's hospital room, which I guess is right by his office, and she's not even <laughs> there uh what but then then i think what i assumed was your favorite scene happens next now we're with jung sing looking for margaret but then we need to flash back over to tuli and jin young right so who appears again we get two big reveals margaret's not dead and the white-haired man is back what it's like we're like an hour into the movie at this point i forgot about him and all of a sudden he shows up Right as, so Su Ling goes crazy. She starts biting the shit out of Jing Young like she's on bath salts. She's like attacking him <laughs> like crazy. Then this was one of my favorite scenes. I don't, I have so many favorite scenes. The old man pops back up. He's got a dead fox on a stick or a dead bunny. Amazing. A dead animal of some kind. Uh, yeah, we couldn't identify what that animal was. It was like a white fox. I don't know. Then he takes it and he starts beating her with the dead fox. Yes. Then the fox, even though it's dead, looks like it bites onto her. I don't know what the fuck was happening. Magic. It only gets crazier from there. <laughs> so she gets off. He tells Jing Young, he's like, look, she's got a spell. We got to get it out of her within 24 hours or she'll die. Then he like flips her over, cuts open her back and worms start pouring out of her back. But then he like starts sucking them out. He's got to get those worms out. Which is so gross. Then Dr. Kang knows what's up. He's back at his mansion. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, I feel one of my spells breaking. Dr. Kang (laughs) gave him a doctorate all of a sudden. (laughs) 
He's a doctor of magic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kang knows what's up. Yeah. He starts trying to counter the spell. He takes all these statues. He starts stabbing them. We see blood coming on the back of the the (laughs) shaman guy in white. Yeah, so they're basically, even though they're in two totally different places, they're having like a magic fight. It's like black magic versus white magic. Kang puts a nail through his face. He puts spikes through his hands, stigmata style. And he's like sticking uh, stuff into a voodoo doll. And then the... Shaman is also doing some shit that's fucking with Kang. It's like this crazy... Oh, he's got his own voodoo doll. Yeah. He starts stabbing. It's a full-on voodoo doll fight. But the end, the shaman dies. Which is insane. Which is insane. We've been waiting an hour for this guy to show back up. Then when he shows back up, he dies in two seconds. But... Thank God he had a voodoo doll, the dead fox, and then he had a couple more things in his bag. He had a magic amulet. He gives Jing Young all the tools to fight Kang. He gives him the amulet. Then he turns around and rips out his own eyeballs. He just plucks them out with his own hand. Then, my favorite part, he plucks out his own eyeballs. He gives them to Jin Young and he says, you got to eat these. (laughs) (laughs) Jin Young takes them. Oh, my God. And the amulet wakes his wife up, and then they, like, go home, and he keeps the eyeballs on ice for a while. Here's my thing. They did all this for science. <laughs> These are the best doctors alive. They're so dedicated. Oh, my God. Um, God. When he puts those eyeballs into his hand, though, like, we see the squishy eyeballs in his hand. Now, why does he wait so long to eat them? Was he thinking about not eating them and then convinces himself? Was he like, mm, let's let these... I don't want to eat them fresh out of a dude's head. Let well, me cool them off a little. Here's the thing. I think the eyeball scene is significant because he's sitting in his office. There's a thunderstorm outside. He's contemplating his wife's illness, his best friend. If he eats the eyeballs, he's no longer skeptical. Mm. He's giving into the magic. Oh, my God. You're right. So he has to contemplate it. He's the biggest skeptic of them all. Now, by eating the eyeballs, he's like, all right. Oh, my God. Genius. Okay. So, he eats the eyeballs. Eating the eyeballs gives him, like, magic eyes. He can see the demonic or mystical world. Right. So, when he goes to Kang's house, Kang has these two statues at the door. And he looks, and the statues have faces that are moving. He's seeing ghosts floating around. And then Kang shows up, and he's just, like, straight up, like, you have my friends. I want my friends back. And we know Kang. He's not going to lie. He's yeah. like, yeah, I got your friends. You're not getting them back. Too bad. <laughs> so then they fight. He sends out some demons to fight him. Here's the this thing. Is so this, awesome. At this point in the movie, you still thought Kung Fu was going to happen. I did. And usually when that happens, you're like, I watched this whole movie thinking it was this and it never happened. It did happen. I got the Kung Fu I wanted. Well, here's my question. Was this real Kung Fu or was this just fighting? Look, this was close enough for me. There was <laughs> slapping kick sounds. There was some punches. There was dudes doing flips. All the dudes were like clearly on trampolines and they were bouncing up and down. I guess that was supposed to look more otherworldly. I thought it did. It creeped me out. <laughs> It didn't creep you out? No. I thought it was creepy. Yeah, at this point, it turns into like a full-on action movie. Kang starts running away, and I was like, wait, but you're a fucking black magician. This guy's just punching people. But he runs away. Then right next to his house, there's like a fucking ski lift. Or like, what They're like, what do you call those like... Gondolas? Tram cars that go... I was going to say gondolas. Cable cars. No. No. They're like wire trams that go up a mountain. 
I only know the they're called. What the fuck do you call that? Teleferico. Teleferico. <laughs> All right. Whatever they are, they're right by his house. He jumps onto one, and Jing Young runs after him and jumps on his car, and there's like a 10 minute action scene. It's like, what? I thought this movie was about magic. Why are they punching each other? But out of all the scenes in this crazy, crazy movie, this fighting in this gondola scene (laughs) was one I could have never predicted. I didn't see this coming from a mile away. No, they're just kicking and punching each other in this little car. But also, it's terrifying. I hate those things. Those scare me. And Yeah, but it was so clearly just like... A green screen. (laughs) Well, yeah, or whatever the equivalent was. It's like they're just... They're just, like, showing film in the background of something totally different. Amazing. Amazing. So then Kang, like, gets away. He jumps out of the car when it's, like, low enough. And he runs off. I thought this was the climax of the movie. And then, no, he gets away. So Jing Young goes back to his wife. And she's like, you should call the police. (laughs) Nobody ever thought about this before. I I like that because it's logical. And that's something you need (laughs) to see in a movie. He says, I did. They searched his house. And they found nothing. Now, here's the part that blew my mind, because I was like, wait, what about the full morgue he's keeping in his basement? The how demon miss, cellar, yeah. How they missed that? And, like, the chamber with all the voodoo dolls. But they, the movie answers that question. Which is great. So, we get, Jin Young goes back, I'm going to go search the house. His wife, who's laid up, you know, with worm blood, she's like, I'll go with you. Yeah. And he says, sure, come along. They go together to search the house. Remember, Jin Young ate these magic eyeballs. He's seeing all the hidden doors. He finds the demon chamber, and he starts burning statues and things. This whole ending scene is like is like pretty long. There's a lot of stuff. So much crazy stuff happened up to this point that I was like, all right, nothing really is going to shock me at this point anymore. Su Ling almost gets raped by some demons, but then their dolls get set on fire, so they're burned. But I, at this point, I'm kind of like, all the crazy stuff is over. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, let's wrap it up. Let's see how he gets killed. Yeah. He has to kill his own friends by pulling the nails out of their head. Oh, that yeah. Was so his sad. friends are demons in the basement. They come up. Yeah, he starts pulling the nails out of their head. They straight up die. Which um, is a better fate, I think. Like, would you rather be a zombie? Yeah. Or dead? Well. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean an undead or a half dead? <laughs> but here's the thing. He's, like, fighting everybody, but he pulls out the amulet. Now we're fighting ring and amulet. Oh, right. He's at the ring. And the two magics are fighting each other. The amulet is powerful enough to start burning King's face until King gets the drop on him. And then he picks up the amulet and the ring. He drives Jin Young out of the house. He's basically killing him. Tzu Ling wakes up from her demon rape. (laughs) The whole house is on fire. She runs downstairs. She picks up an axe. Axe is down the door. I think she's the most badass character in a long time. She's like, let's dig up bodies. I'm a (laughs) woman doctor in the 70s in Asia. Like, she's just kicking ass left and right. For sure. She goes outside. She sees her husband in danger. She sees Kang pointing his ring going, she chops off his hand. I gotta say, with how dull that axe looked, it was a clean cut. She cuts his arm straight off at the forearm. And then I love it because Kang reaches for it and she just kicks it out of the way. <laughs> they pick up the amulet, they burn Kang through all the stages of decay. Yeah. And then they walk off together. The end. Oh my god. What what a fucking amazing movie. This movie 
was spectacular. I, it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Absolutely. If you can, we found it on DVD. It's actually on YouTube. I saw it. So uh, get this movie if you can. Watch this movie immediately. All right. Now we got to predict what the fuck happens in Black Magic 1. I guess this movie didn't feel like a sequel to me. I no. didn't feel like I was missing any information, which makes me think, I think this is going to be a situation where the first one has nothing to do plot-wise with the second one. I'm going to agree with that. I think I kind of like what you said. It kind of put an idea in my mind. Maybe we're going to see not Kang, but a Kang-like character. This is going to not be in a big city. This is going to take place in a small Village? Village. Okay. Is it the same small village from the beginning with the crocodile? No. Well, because my prediction is that the old man shaman is the only connection. Yeah, I, I think he feel, has to be. I think that and, old man shaman's in both. And I think he and I think he has to win at the end of the last one. For sure. I think at the at the end of Black Magic, the old man shaman triumphs over all of the black magic. And in this one he dies. It's kinda like when we watch that Western. Yes. And we thought that that man who died in the first five seconds didn't play a role, and it, but he was the main character. I like that. So I think the... Okay, uh, let's go with that. I think the shaman dressed in white is the main character from the first one as a young man. Yes. I'll agree. Maybe it's even the same actor. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, they Jing They just Young. aged him. Yeah. Um, but what is happening in this first one? No fucking clue. I mean, I think it's the same thing. I think there's zombies. I think there's... Voodoo dolls. I think there's black magic creating a zombie army of some kind. But I really like this one. So, <sighs> I think there has to be... Because there's going to have to be a big city. Why? Because the only other way it would work is if someone from the outside there's, oh, I was comes just say into that. the small village. Yeah, I think the, the guy that we see is a shaman. Yeah. He's originally an outsider to the village. He comes as a young man. And I think maybe... A westerner? He's a doctor. I don't oh. think he's a westerner. No, no, no. Like... Here's my vision. I think we have a similar, but slightly different. I think there's a village. The shaman is a young guy in the village. Oh, okay. Some outsiders are traveling. I like that. What if it, the and American come, who wrote the book is with him? What if it's an American and Jing Young playing a different okay. character? They come to this village maybe on vacation. Maybe the village needs doctors. Maybe oh, it's the same thing. Oh, it's like Doctors Without Borders, but yeah. then they find black magic. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Now yes. I'm getting it. Now yes. I'm getting a vision. Now now I'm getting a vision. Doctors Without Magic. <laughs> magic Without Borders. There we go. Black magic is set in a small village. Some doctors are coming because they've heard of these crazy healing properties. So they want to come and look at this, like, medicine and oh, see what's going on. You know, because they do mention in this one that there is such a thing as white magic. White magic can heal people and help people. So I think that they come in search of white magic. Maybe there's some kind of illness that's sweeping the nation. But they come to this small village to learn the ways of this shaman. Our shaman hero in this one is a slightly younger, but he's showing them the magic. They're going to witness all kinds of crazy stuff. Maybe another village or somebody in the village doesn't like outsiders. Okay. Tries to kill them with magic. I think Kang is in this one now. Now I'm changing my original thing because we see his picture in that book written by the American. So now I think there's an American. I think Kang is living in this village. He's the black witch and they have to defeat him. But at the end, they don't kill him. He just escapes. And that's where he goes is to the tropical city. I think this battle between the shaman in white and Kang is like an ancient battle. Really? Going back to the first movie. 
Let's try to add some details. I think it's in a village. I think outsiders come to the village. We're dealing with white and black magic. I like that. I don't know if Kang is in it, but I do think the white-haired man is in it. I I want to say an American, so I think that would make sense, who wrote the book. But even if it's another like foreign doctor that comes in, that makes sense to me, too. I think we're going to see a lot of dead animals. Oh, absolutely dead animals. I think we're going to see something crazy like... Maybe they bring a child back to life. Oh. Using their magic. Okay. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be children. I think there's going to be at least 10 pairs of titties. You think there's lots of titties in the first one? Oh, yeah. Titty oh, village. village titties, yeah. <laughs> Maybe more swimming in the in the Water. crocodile lake titties. Oh, my God. This is hard. Hey, this one's really hard. Do you think there's kung fu in the first one? I think there's the same amount. I think there's one fight scene. Because I think that this guy, who was the star of this movie, is... Because that guy was ripped. Good. That guy was And good. he could do punches and kicks. Oh. And he was too good to be a doctor. So I think no. that actor... Is in the first one? Is in the first one doing kung fu. I do not. Okay, well, that's my prediction. I, don't think, I think if anybody's going to be in the first one, it's the white shaman and then the evil shaman, Kang. Well, here's my prediction. Okay, this might be a little bit cheating. But when we watched the trailer, so the DVD had the original trailer, and we watched it, that guy, Jing Young, was billed first, making me think like he's a star. Okay. So maybe he's a star, but I don't know. I, I think he's a kung fu star. Maybe he's a kung fu star. Do you think he's he playing... He looks so buff. Is he, he playing Jing Young, or is he playing no, somebody else? totally different character. It's like what you said. It's like um, Rainbow mm, Trail. It's like Rainbow Trail. Okay. That's the prediction I'm going with. He's not Jing Young. He's a different character. But, like, I don't know. Because I thought, oh, this guy's a nerdy doctor. Then there's one point where he took off his shirt and did look like Bruce Lee. Yeah. Oh, this is maybe one of the hardest ones to do That's in really reverse. Because I could be totally wrong. It could None of these characters could be in it, and it could be a completely different movie. Well, my thing is, I don't know about the setting. I like the idea that it starts in a village, but would it stay there? What about the backdrop of the big city? I don't know. But I think... But I, no, see, I think it does take place in a village because they were so shocked that this was happening in the city. I yeah. think it was like a weird thing from a village coming to a big city okay. in this movie. So I think the first one is all village-based. Okay, good, 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 good. So yeah, I believe in the village. What else? Uh, this one's hard. I don't know. What are some other... I think we'll see the guy drinking human milk, that's for sure. Yeah? Okay. Oh. You're going to carry on the human milk, because he did just explain that. Maybe we'll see a sacrifice of, like, a baby or something. I want to You think... really want some dead children in this one. <laughs> I'm just thinking, how do you make it more demonic? Well, why would it be more demonic? This is the first one, so I think it'll be less demonic. Oh, you're probably I think it'll be right. dialing back the demonicness. Okay, so maybe we'll only get one pair of titties. Yeah, you might be right. Okay. Probably not going to see milk squirting out of one. Oh, How'd my. they do that? That was the most impressive special effect in the whole movie. I don't think that was it's a special effect. Melting face. You think they got a real pregnant woman? Yeah. What? I think that was a stunt titty they squeezed. What? <laughs> how did she even get that job? Like, how did they cast for that? New mothers want to show their titties on screen and squeeze out some milk? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It was for art. It was for one of the best movies I've ever seen, so My, me too. good on her. I don't know what else to predict. I don't know. Yeah, this one's real hard. Do we just give up? It's not giving up. I think we piece together something. As much as we can? Yeah. I think it's not bad. But we just could be 
100% wrong. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Let's How watch Black this? Magic 1 right away. I can't wait to watch the first one. Oh I highly, so highly recommend this movie to everyone. I want to watch it again right now. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Can't wait. All right, we'll see you next time for Black Magic. As always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. This has been Reverse Sequels. Bye. Bye. Reverse sequel. <laughs>